The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Due to the ongoing pandemic and to follow social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was pre-recorded over Skype. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm hosting tonight uh, with uh, John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. And we're live. We are, in fact, live. Yeah, yes. The uh, intro we, said we were we were pre-recorded. So. Because of the... Uh, uh, you know, still hanging fire of the election results this week. Uh, we decided to risk the difficulties of doing all of this remotely live. So I'm still at my mom's house in Andover, a hundred miles away. <laughs> <laughs> so there may be a time delay, you know, while the sound travels from my voice all the way to Northampton. Cause you know, uh, even for me, I have to shout pretty loudly. So. I don't think, uh, you know, maybe not. I don't think so. The timing is pretty quick with Zoom. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, it's been uh, it's been quite a week uh, uh, with good news and bad news. And uh, it's it's been a wake up call for me and not in the way that I expected. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about a a wake up call. Yeah. I'll, we'll get into that in a second. But All right. we do love to hear from our listeners. And uh, I hope that you guys will have uh, your own thoughts to share about uh, this election and uh, uh, what's happened in it and uh, what's ahead for, uh, well, America and the world. But uh, on a very basic level, we do love to hear from you. And you can reach us in a few different ways. Email is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash civil politics radio. That's our community there. And at civil politics FM is how you find us on Twitter. We do also have our own special website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com, And that has recordings of previous episodes of the show and all kinds of other good stuff like that. Uh, so yes, uh, uh, I should fun- also just, I should also just mention, this is a bit of, bit of, you know, oh, yeah, 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 please. But I should also just mention uh, that next week will be the uh, Valley Free Radio Fall Fun Drive. And uh, in addition to uh, uh, the $10 for each unique donor grant that uh, I've been doing for the past few years with my mom, uh, the sort of a memory of my brother, now that my mom has passed, uh, for, for this year, uh, anyways, uh, I'm still doing the $10 per donor. But also, I'm going to match dollar for dollar. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really generous. That's really, that's terrific. Because this station, as we all know, lives, lives on fumes. And um, and we get by on fumes. It's sort of amazing how we, you know, we, we put out all our pro- pro- programming and all that. And um, Michael, that's very gracious. So I, from all well, of us, thank you. you know, it. it 
I wanted to I wanted to to, to make lemonade with the, the lemons of losing my mom. <laughs> <clears throat> and you know, uh I I think you've really hit on the the secret here. Anybody who's listening to this show for years, uh who is sending me texts right now? Um uh you know you know, if you've been listening to this show, you know that huffing fumes is clearly something I'm doing. So, oh. I, uh, okay. So uh, the election. <laughs> Speaking of huffing fumes and being disoriented, oh my goodness! I mean, we had our our great um, election special on Tuesday. Uh, we did like from nine to twelve, and it was a uh, it was. Interesting to say the least. Um, we actually recorded that and put that up on Zoom, uh, or not on Zoom, on our podcast. So civilpoliticsradio.com or in your podcast feed, uh, and you'll be able to listen to the whole thing. Because that's great. That's great. And fast forward <laughs> through the fast forward through the bits where it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> we're, yeah, right? we're sort of updating the results. But I thought there were some interesting discussions, and one of the, <coughs> excuse me, one of the things that I thought was uh, noteworthy as something um, uh, Bruce Miller uh, uh, honed in on pretty quickly, which is that the polling in this race uh, leading up to it was just wrong, just wrong, and mm. systematically wrong, because there were across, you know. Uh, uh, both nationally and at state level, there was this ex there was this clear indication that uh, Joe Biden was going to win, and the Democrats were going to pick up seats in the Senate and the House, and uh, that there was going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a strong uh, repudiation of Donald Trump and the Republicans for the past four years of terrible uh, government, and that is not what's happened. Not at all. I mean, not, not, you know, Trump, Trump has lost the election. It hasn't been officially called, but, you know, Joe, Joe Biden is ahead and, uh, uh we can get I, into the numbers. Uh, yeah. Like, like I, I definitely have numbers for you. It, definitely have numbers. <laughs> it, and, and it changes every hour too. It's great. Yeah. It's over bar the shouting in my opinion. <clears throat> um based on what I've I've seen and what I've read. But um yeah, the uh the 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 Democrats uh lost the Senate seat in Alabama, which everybody expected. And yeah, they've, they've, they've picked up a couple, Colorado and Arizona, but um the Republicans held the line all around the country in ways that uh in races that uh like in South Carolina Jamie Harrison was ahead in a lot of the polls uh certainly within striking distance and he lost by a, a strong margin he lost by more than 5 points i forget the final number but he lost by quite a bit in South Carolina to Lindsey Graham who you know is is Lindsey Graham is a is a really terrible choice for senate and i would think even the people of south carolina would think would see that but i guess they don't but, but apparently not apparently they like uh, them you know and 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 well yeah so so mr harrison has lost 
Uh, yes, uh, South Carolina. Um, it was Lindsey Graham by fifty four point four six. Jimmy Harrison had forty four point two three. So yeah, oh, like that's a, big. Ten, ten points. points. Ten points. Yeah. That's so. Why that's the, not even that close. Shouldn't be. So why are the polls so wrong? That's what I've been wondering, or sort of postulating. What it? What is it that they're missing? That they call people on landline stuff. <sighs> They do yeah. call people on landlines, uh, but they don't. I don't know that they call people. Do they call people on cell phones? I mean, how else do they connect with people? I, I have gotten a number of phone calls uh, uh, on the landline uh, here at Mom's house, and I also get them at my house back home in East Hampton as well. Do you ever get them on cell phone? I don't. Uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I got a I got a poll um, from WBUR. Oh, that's ah, interesting. Uh, on my cell phone, but Boston's um, NPR news station. Yeah, uh, I got a poll from them. It was combined with like I don't know Quinnipiac or something, and they were it was a poll about uh, about Markey. Oh, uh, that's Markey interesting. Markey versus Kennedy. Mm. I wonder how they so, got your cell phone number. Are you on a lot of lists? Do you think? Probably. I mean, they could. I mean. They could easily just randomly generate, or just go down a go down a list of of random numbers. That's easy. I mean, when I was doing uh, when I was doing phone surveys, uh, we a lot of times we had disconnected numbers or uh, just yep. pay phones. We got pay phones. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Like I like people would pick it up and be like. Hello. <laughs> they were Hi, the- my name is John. I'm calling on behalf of Health and Human Services. I'd like to ask you something about, if if I could ask you about your, uh, do you have any children at your home? This is Main Street. Thank you very much, sir. Click. <laughs> <laughs> they think they were in the TARDIS or something, or. <laughs> be hilarious. Oh, well, was that and, other and of one course, there aren't show? really any pay phones anymore, so uh, you can't even get the homeless that way. Yeah. Wasn't there a show recently where they, they got calls on this on the landlines, too? They get told it was a modern um, they're watching you show. I can't think of the name of it. It was pretty good, actually. But it was. Oh, know, I just want to I just want to make sure I was going to say this beginning. But since we are alive. I can actually post stuff to the Facebook and Twitter during the show. Excellent, excellent. So, <laughs> if you want to fo- follow us on Twitter, Civil Politics FM or Civil Politics Radio on Facebook, I'm going to be posting the links uh, to different sources and stuff throughout the show. Yeah, <clears throat> that is a nice change. Um, the the mad that. scramble we're like, oh god, oh god, we're gonna get this right. Is is wow? It's weird to be doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Try and start on time, all that, and I'm in this exactly. I'm in this studio because I'm the one who lives closest to the studio, and I have to say it was Harry. Thank the, God for John and Mike. The 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 only one of us who's enough of a trooper to actually go to the radio station and be. Whoa, on the radio. whoa, whoa, trooper! I I don't want to get I don't I don't want to get sick. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. And I already am sick, so in a certain kind. Just kidding. Forget the the hashtag that I used to use. Oh yeah, civil sources. Okay. Civil references. Uh, uh, civil references. Civil references. Thank you very much. Yes. Anyway, follow that hashtag if you want to play along at home. So, um, <clears throat> right. So uh, the presidential race. Uh, one thing this uh, this election has really 
you know, I should have picked up on sooner, but that really just sort of crystallized for me uh, is that, well, we talked about how the Electoral College stinks and how we don't like it and how it should go away. Mm. It just occurred to me one other reason why the Electoral College stinks and is terrible and should go away. The race is still, technically at least, undecided because we're like, Will Joe Biden definitely box out Donald Trump in, you know, Pennsylvania or, you know, Nevada or, you know, the other states that he needs to box him out Georgia. in? Yeah. And and we start talking about like, you know, is, you know, uh, Ohio, despite Biden doing well, there is a red state. And will Pennsylvania be a blue state? And, you know, what results people are getting and so forth. And, you know, if we were just going by the national popular vote total, it would have been over Wednesday morning because Biden was well ahead and he's up by over 4 million votes now. I think close to 5 million. Oh, I hadn't seen that number. So yeah. he beat and Hillary's margin. Or Hillary's yeah. margin so, was 2.9 million, 2.9, as I recall. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he's 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 doing way better. And uh, oh, and, and in the state of Massachusetts, I noticed that... Um, Donald Trump got 1.1 million uh, votes, which I think means he's up about 10% from where he was in 2016. And Joe Biden had 2.3 million, which is 400,000 more than Hillary Clinton got. So, so you is know, the vote up overall in the whole country, like by 10 or 15 or 20%? Is yeah. it, yeah. it going to come in higher than... It, it looks Biden. like more than half the electorates turned out in the in, for this election, which is the first time that's happened in like a century. Joe Biden has, get, has received the most votes of any president. Yes. Even a re-elected president who had a landslide. Interesting. Yeah. So... So, uh, uh, you know, we we wouldn't be wondering about that and we wouldn't be sort of splitting the states up one or the other. It'd be like, well, you know, how, how are the votes coming in? You know, it's it's like the 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 gap between Biden and Trump in Texas was, I believe, half a million votes, which is, you know, a lot of votes. Definitely, it's noteworthy that Trump is more popular in Texas than Biden and so forth. But it's only half a million votes out of like five million votes. I mean, you know, they both got like several million votes in Texas. And um, the one of the things that that, that the reason this struck me is because um, I really feel like one of the things that uh, differentiates uh, the, the the people who go for the Republicans and the people who go for the Democrats are, I think the Republicans really lean into the human tendency to see things in us versus them terms, to like think of the world as, uh, as a battle, as a struggle between groups. Uh, and there can only be, there can be only one winner. So, for me to win, you have to lose. So it makes us versus them this very simple binary and stark choice and and a vital choice as well. It's like because losing is is nothing. So either you get everything or you get nothing. And I don't think that's particularly helpful in terms of uh, helping us stay, you know, one United States. Uh, 
uh, E Pluribus Unum works better when it's like, well, yeah, you know, uh, uh, we all, you know, we may have d disagreements and whatnot, and we uh, we all sort of uh, uh, may have very different positions, but we are all still voting into one big, big uh, pool, and we count all those votes in the same way. And, you know, that's how we do it on the state level. And I, I, I the the way people are responding to uh, either to uh, the way the way people are responding either positively or negatively to uh, the the votes for for Trump and Biden, uh, I think really sort of makes it clear to me that we not that that we are uh, playing too much into the hands of the people who want to make it just uh, uh, an all or nothing contest. So. Do you think what do you think, Sue, as <laughs> as our resident evil person? I mean, oh, sorry, Republican. Now, now. <laughs> you can call me the Repugnican. That's okay. That's what they I, called me when I first moved out here. Oh, so, did they really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's terrible. Yeah, it was. I was shocked. I was trying to connect with people, and I they said, Aww. get out of here. You don't belong here. It's like, wow, Aww. what kind of place is Western Bass so much for the Happy Valley? Yeah. But yeah. I, I think— That sucks. I, think, I like Ike, too. <laughs> I think uh, teams and competition are good. I, I actually don't really like to be involved in— um, well, I like cooperatives, but sometimes it's just good to have two teams sort of competing. I think the level of performance is higher. So I have sort of a more free market competitive view of the world. But in this case, this country's really divided. I mean, it yeah. is every state, it seems to be pretty, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. And I think people do have, I probably shouldn't say it this way, but I think people have different values. Like we might all agree. We do that you know that certain rights are really important or that rights are a thing and they belong in the constitution and we should defend them at all at all effort but at the same time we might have different opinions about what rights are more important than another like you know the right to privacy might be really important to me um you know equal protection under the law might be more important to somebody else so i think sometimes we don't we share values but we don't quite share them in the way we think we do. We're actually, it's good that people are so different, actually. Yeah. So. Well, and, and competition is, is a useful and valuable thing. And, you know, I certainly, you know, I, I root for the Red Sox and I particularly like it when they beat the Yankees and, and so forth. Uh, and I believe well, that's in, all, that's like a good and right thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's uh, nationalism. You know, that's nationalism. I'm, 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 I'm religious in my way. Uh, <laughs> but the, you know, and I, I believe in free markets. I, I you know, I, I, I like businesses and, and, and markets have a real value. Um, but I think a part of the point is that a market is something that is constructed. Like a market is a forum with rules and different markets have different rules and, and uh, they are enforced in different ways. And there's a lot, you know, there is a lot of nuance to it. But uh, free markets are not uh, anything goes, no holds barred, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, that's that's chaos. That's not a marketplace. That's just that's nature. You no, know, that's just the, that's the state of nature. Yeah. Um, Eat or be markets eaten. are artificial. And the same with our, our politics, you know, like, yeah. 
you know, what, why do we have an electoral college? Because we are, are we set up our system that way, or our ancestors did, and we keep working with it. Well, they want to give the agrarian. I mean, not my ancestors, but they want, whatever. They want to give the agrarian states some power so that they go along with the joining well, the joining. In the, the union. 18th century, they were all agrarian states. Yeah, it's not the. It's not because they were agrarian, Sue. You think I'm using a euphemism for something else? No, I, I didn't know. Okay. What do you mean? I was, I was sort of, because, you know, it's, you know, the East and the and the markets that they had, and the and the West and the markets that they have, and the belief about was it manifest destiny and the ability to, just because you're a white man, go out and get lots of land and you know. You Ma- should- manifest destiny is a phrase that was coined by James K. Polk in the eighteen. 18- I want to say 40s, maybe 1850s. Ugh, bad historian, bad. But um, <laughs> you know, the the, the, Wait, the, you, the the that's why we pay you to be on the show. You're supposed to. I'm just kidding. But that kind of I cons- knew I should have cashed those checks. <laughs> um, but the, well, the what well, we set this we set up the Constitution in the Electoral College with the Constitution in the uh, 1780s. Yeah. You know that that was long before that, and so we you know like. West was, you know, Pennsylvania and the, you know, around the Appalachian, you know, west of the Appalachian Mountains and stuff, uh, you, you know, that like, and uh, all of the economies were agrarian in various ways. I mean, I guess, you know, like Boston and New York were, were trade hubs and whatnot, but yeah. and still. The, and had a little different focus, but that that ability to kind of put your thumb on the scale a little bit, it's like saying if a jockey's a little underweight you know, they can give him a weight when he rides the horse so it evens it up. I mean, that that sort of rule setting. I mean, that happens almost everywhere all the time. You're right. But it's it's a funny thing because they did it to balance to balance the power of the states. I mean, that's no, what they they're didn't. doing. Okay, I'm, no, that, I'm listening. No, that is incorrect. The the reason that they that they set the electoral college up the way they did, meaning uh, every state gets a number of electoral votes according to the amount of of senators and the amount the of congress people yeah. is because of the southern uh the 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 compromise the three-fifths compromise. the three-fifths compromise the the because we kind of count enslaved human beings as human beings but not really you yeah. the way that that they were calculating how many representatives in the house that southern states were getting were adding in the amount of slaves that that existed in the in the in the southern states the three-fifths thing so they would get more power even though they had less less voters and basically, they were counting property. Uh, to them, it would be like like in today, it would be like saying, "Well, Iowa has uh, has so like so many people, but they also have a lot of cows. So we're going to count feed, the cows as half people. They feed the country, and therefore we're going to give them a little extra weight in their jockey suit." No, it's not feeding the country. It's because they cows feed the country is the idea. Yeah. So (laughs) they were they were giving the southern states more power because they didn't because they they wanted like whatever. But they counted slaves as population, which increased the the amount of power that slaveholding states had. And it was a compromise because 
uh, Northerners like John Adams were like, uh, you're saying these people you've enslaved count for your population, but if that's the case, then they're people and they're citizens. And, you know, we just wrote this whole thing about how humans have inalienable rights. So how are you keeping them in bondage? And the Southerners were like, so yes, of course, they're in bondage and they're subhuman and we can enslave them. But they still count fully for population purposes because we don't want to, like, lose electoral power, uh, you know, just because we are, you know, have this evil system in place. Well, how do you And so the three-fifths thing was a compromise. Well, how do you— That was the, yeah, kind of count, but they kind of don't. Well, how do you account for the fact that states that have, like, no population at all still get— three votes because they have a rep and they have two senators. So it overweights the states with very low population. Well, and that was the point of the Senate uh, all along. The uh, the, the House the, of Representatives was to was to be the House of the of Three the electors. People. You, but that those states get three well, electors because of the two senators. Sure, sure. But I mean, the House of Representatives was the reason why we have two houses in this country. Um, you know, A, it's a parallel to the British system with the House of Lords, but we don't have an aristocracy. So instead, the idea was that um, we have the popular uh, brand, the popular house, the, the House of Representatives, which is elected by people voting in their states, you know, for their local person. And then the Senate was that was the state's house, the state's assembly, and every state would get two. And the idea was that not only would it help balance out the power of big states versus small states, which is something people were concerned about. That's but my also, point right there. <laughs> but but also, uh, uh, you know, the idea was that, like, the important people in every state would control their own local state government. And, of course, senators were appointed, not elected by popular sovereignty until the 20th century. So it's like, well, you know, we all work the backroom deals and whatnot and we make sure that Joe the right people be. go to the Senate yeah. to represent our state and... Yeah, so it was yeah, a way to sort of, represent. It was a way to create interests. a House of Lords without actually having an aristocracy, yeah. a formal aristocracy. And, and I'm, the Senate, the Senate represents the state's interest. The House represents the people's interest. Yeah, and I'm not going to. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the mathematics of adding two two electors to every state. So yeah, even yeah, the tiniest that's, that's states. Why. Yeah, and that's, that was the point I was making about why the Electoral College exists, because it actually, it makes it a, more of a state-based system than a population-based system. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that, again, that's like, but the, the, the I mean, the, the original reason for the, because the Senate is supposed to take care of the, the thoughts of the, the, the notions of the state, not the people, but the, the state, the uh the fiefdom of the state that of course they would get two votes because that's the that's the state weighing in on the president that's not the people weighing in on the president so the interests of the state the 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 electors would be like okay so the state says we have two votes and then the the people get however many votes according to how many people are in the population. People meaning like people and then the three-fifths people. So that would give that that does spread the power of the of picking the president around the states. Rather than um, population based. It's rather a than just straight up population. Yeah, it's However, an, it's an you also get electoral it. college votes according to population, which gives more power to slaveholding states 
because they counted their slaves, even though the population, they didn't get to vote at all. Yeah. They gave, we're actually, they, yeah. When we're actually the, at the halfway point oh of the show. When we was the to, three-fifths law passed? It wasn't a law. It was written into the Constitution. It's uh, in, I believe it's Amendment. in Article 1. Article 1. Yeah, it's it's a... Uh, it's part of the constitution. It's not a law. They had to make an amendment to repeat, repeal that's, that. Yeah, that's what I yeah. was just asking. Yeah. So, John, uh, if uh, if you're ready, let's play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and uh, we'll uh, uh, take uh, the short break that uh, keeps the FCC happy with us. And then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's Subculture Music Program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton, so come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Science is real from the Big Bang to DNA. Join me for Evidence-Based Radio Friday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. to learn more about science and skepticism. You can email questions or topic requests to evidencebasedradio at gmail.com. That's Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio.
And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm Michael Dow, and I'm joined by uh, John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And, uh, and possibly my brother's cat. And uh, we are talking about uh, the election that has happened this week. Uh, uh, voting day was Tuesday, and... Uh, uh, there's a lot of there are many important races that have been decided, uh, but the the one that everybody around the world has been following is still technically up in the air. Uh, Joe Biden uh, uh, can lay claim to or uh, sorry, the various news outlets have recognized uh, have called uh, a bunch of states for Joe Biden uh, such that he's about six electoral votes short of the 270 he needs. Uh, he's trending ahead in several other states. Uh, so I, I, I don't think, I don't think it's, uh, the, I don't think there's really any suspense at this point. I, you know, I think Joe Biden's going to be the next president, but it hasn't been made official yet. I just want to give some numbers. Um, Please do. In Pennsylvania, this is according to the New York Times, which I've I've been following more because uh, they've been more conservative about uh, calling states, making sure that their numbers are right, things like that. Um, The AP has been playing fast and loose with stuff. I do not enjoy that. So um, that's interesting because people are going to use them as the standard. That was that's what I used on on Tuesday. And they, and said, yeah. they, mm-hmm. they called stations. Arizona with like 84 of the vote, uh, which is 84 percent of the vote. Low. But um, Pennsylvania is at 96 percent of their of their votes. The uh, Biden is at 49.5 and Trump is at 49.2. Oh, wow. That is a recent development. North Carolina, Trump is at 50 percent and Joe Biden is at 46, 48.6. I'm not really thinking that's going to change. Um, that's a long shot to change. Uh, Nevada is, and Nevada and Arizona are the ones that I'm really looking at. If if we get Nevada, we meaning people on the left, if we get Nevada um, and Arizona, that is exactly 270, and that'll be the ball game. So that is, uh, Nevada is at 93% counted, 49.8% for, for Biden, and 48% for Trump. Oh my goodness. Arizona is 94% done. 49.8 for Biden, 48.7 for Trump. And here's the kicker. Georgia. Georgia. And Arizona is red. It's being flipped blue. Georgia 49.4 for Biden, 49.3 for Trump. Stacey Abrams has been working her tail off. She and yes. all the people she's recruited and the people who are, you know, part of that movement she's the she's a figurehead for. But um yeah, uh they've been uh registering voters and I I think I saw that they they registered signed up 800,000 new voters in that's Georgia. Right. And that's that's still what this that is right close. here. It's Basically, the fruits Atlanta, of labor are 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 starting to come in now. Basically, Atlanta and Savannah, or yeah, and Savannah are like t- took over the state. It's it's crazy. Um, uh, 
they, John I, Lewis's home county of Fulton County apparently is doing the is doing a lot of the heavy. Also lifting. means because of that, this also means the Senate race is crazy in in Georgia. Oh, that's right. They're gonna have runoffs, uh, are they? Two they're runoffs? gonna have a runoff because the Senate races. There the, are two. Well, <laughs> kind of. Um, David Perdue is at forty nine point eight percent. He's below fifty which means there's going to be a runoff with David Perdue and John Ossoff, who has 47.9. Now, that is insane because we have 48 in the Senate right now. We need two more and the presidency to take over. When that race goes off, I'm sorry? What do you mean, we? I said I said before. <laughs> oh, Democrats. We the, I said before we on the left. Oh, I'm good. saying me. Okay. Sorry, I was like, wait. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not including you. Yeah, I didn't think um, so. <laughs> are you pulling for Mitch McConnell to remain majority leader, Sue? Here's uh, a good. That's well, a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. I would prefer <laughs> it was not him, but there are other Republicans that I would not mind. So I just yeah. he's, he's kind well, of okay. playing. I don't I don't like the game he plays, but he knows how to use power. So there you go. So the answer is no to to Mike's question. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I guess that's a no. That's a, so we. That's a squiggly. So we. <laughs> no, but that's so that not the same you, as not electing. You. Welcome Repu- to we, Sue. <laughs> Republican senators I was not voting against. But I was, I was so, just saying um, that. Um, uh, so, uh, welcome to the resistance, Sue. Okay. Um, <laughs> so in Georgia, John Ossoff has 479 Purdue has 49.8, just enough to trigger a runoff. So if we get Ossoff in the in the Senate, that would be 49. The other race in Georgia, the actual special election, Raphael Warnock got 32.9%, and Kelly Loeffler had 26%. Doug Collins had 20%, so he barely just lost. So that means, and he's Republican, right? And he is Republican. Yeah, it was a major open special election. So that means Warnock and Luffler are going to go head to head. Here's the kicker: January fifth is when that election will be. That's correct. Here's the kicker: Warnock is probably not going to win, but if he does, oh my god! But uh, Kelly Luffler got twenty six. Doug Collins, the other Republican, got twenty. If they are if those voters combine. Yep, because they stay. Republican. They'll make Republican Captain Planet. So that would be Kelly Loeffler <laughs> is going to get back, unless Warnock and the the Democrats really go hard, really really go hard. And well, so Georgia is going to be like a flashpoint for control of the Senate. Well, n- also note that uh, twenty six and twenty is forty six, and thirty two is seventy eight. Uh, you know, so there's 20% of the electorate is is split of uh, that ticket was split in various other voters as well. That is a good point. So, uh, Who knows where you know, they go. Joe Lieberman's son was actually claiming, uh, you know, stayed in and, and uh, got like three or four percent of the vote. He lives in Georgia. Um, yes, he does. And uh, <laughs> he was being implored by the party to drop out because they, they wanted to increase the chances of Warnock winning. <laughs> And he was like, nope, I've got to stick in here because, you know, just like my dad, I've got to make sure that I'm screwing everything up for anybody who's, you know, remotely left wing or otherwise has a conscience. Um, He's a legacy candidate, huh? Exactly. Basically, yeah. So, Uh, so, 
So Just, I, yeah. I, I agree with you that I, I'm not super optimistic about uh, the Democrats picking up either of those seats in a special election in January, much less both of them. But it is not yet over. It's not it's not impossible. That's true. It is. It is definitely not impossible. Um, we have uh, a bunch. We had. Oh, my God. So many other candidates. Uh, so there are. A lot of them are Republican and Libertarian. There's a couple Independents and Greens. So uh, I don't really see Loeffler losing, but it's possible. Ossoff has a very good chance, um, I think, especially if they really, really push the the control of the Senate angle. But like I the the most important thing, Nevada and Arizona – those are the states we really need to watch. Those are the states that we really need to look at because they are they have consistently stayed blue and and the uh all the votes that are coming in, the the last votes, the batches that are coming in are from major population areas, Phoenix, Las Vegas, uh Reno. Um so those are only those are going to go mostly to to biden uh i have a especially considering that of course you know trump was like get out and vote on election day don't trust the mail so mm -hmm. strangely that selected people who did trust the mail <laughs> didn't this is that trump. red mirage that people were calling uh right. so the last drop of of uh just for example the last drop of of uh ballots that were that were counted um was uh Biden got 38.8% and Trump got 64.2% of those. Trump needs a average of 56 or 57% of the, the of all of the drops of votes to actually get get ahead uh and who knows what's going to happen there but I think it's going to stay blue. I think Nevada is going to stay blue. And that means that Biden will get exactly 270. I think that's what we're going to see. Um, if not, then we can look at Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is doing is actually uh, trending really good towards Biden. Uh, the last drop uh, from there was um, about 30 minutes ago. Uh, and they basically I'm looking at a list of they're releasing these this information in batches. So, so many votes were counted. This is how many were the. So the last batch breakdown for it was seventy five percent for Biden, twenty five percent for Trump. This is Pennsylvania. This is Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, he's averaging throughout the batches. He's averaging about thirty five percent. He needs to get up to an average of sixty percent to overcome the hurdle. Oh, you're saying Trump needs to, to catch Biden. That's right. Yeah. These votes are coming in again from Pencil from Philadelphia. And Pittsburgh, I think, too, right? And and Pittsburgh. Yeah. Again, major population areas, uh, Democrat strongholds. So I think he's gonna get Pennsylvania eventually. Uh it's just gonna take longer and there's gonna be court cases because Trump has to get Pennsylvania or he's not going to win. Yeah, and Pennsylvania alone is enough to put biden over the top oh, yeah. in the electoral college so yeah 
it's all but confirmed, but I do not like confirming or just saying that Biden's going to win because nothing's been called. It's way too close everywhere. Yeah, a lot of things um, can happen yet. Yeah. If we is had it, popular vote, we'd be done, like like Mike said. So but isn't um, Biden's going to speak in primetime tonight, right, they were saying? He's probably not now. I just saw a, a, a tweet not long ago. He's he's planning on skipping the, uh, Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I saw New York that- Times, Biden had planned to address the nation tonight, but there are indications he might he may not he may, he may may well not do so until the race is actually called. Things are fluid. Oh, okay. Because so, that was at six o'clock. They were saying that he was going to be on the air. So good. Yeah, to know. this is uh, so we're very just, live tonight. <laughs> yeah, this is about mm. 20, 20 minutes ago. Yeah, so they must have um, changed because it hasn't been called. Yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got so many screens open, um, but the. Uh, the next batch um, from Maricopa County in Arizona is going to uh, be around nine o'clock tonight, Eastern. So we'll see. We might get a call over the weekend or on Monday. We're definitely going to know by next week for Nevada and, and Arizona. And um, <clears throat> so uh, moving on a little bit, talking about other election results, um uh, one thing that another reason why I'm I'm like frustrated with the Electoral College is uh, all these news organizations, they're focusing on what's happening with presidential races, you know, the presidential race in each state. And then uh, maybe they'll also have something about like the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate. Um, but what's happening uh, if, if, if the Republicans taught us anything with Project Red Map? It's that uh, what happens in the actual state government races also matters. And it's really hard to find that information. You know, even for here in Massachusetts, it, it, it was a, a, a pain in the butt oh, to, question one to find out two, anything and... about who was winning, like, you know, for state rep and state senate and so forth. Uh, it wasn't too hard to find out uh, what happened with the two ballot questions we had, which were statewide initiatives. Uh, question one about the right to repair passed pretty handily with about three quarters of the vote. Yikes. Uh, so that's yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, but apparently people are more interested in being able to fix their cars than fix their uh, elections. Boo. Uh, because question two for ranked choice voting uh, failed 54 to 46. So I think it was too complicated for people. They just weren't quite sure. That it was a good I, idea. They just didn't quite, you know, with everything that's going on right now, they're like, God, they're having such trouble just counting I, the straight I guess votes. you're right. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, it'll come up again. I think there's, yeah. you know, I think that's the destiny. Yeah. And there weren't any runoffs in Maine, right? Because of the way it, it came down, there weren't, was nobody under 50%. So Susan Collins you know. got 51.5%. She just made it. Yeah. She I, I just made it. I got to say, like, you know, tens of thousands of people voted for Joe Biden in Maine and then went and voted for Susan Collins, too. And I just find that amazing. But yeah, they're, they're both um, sort of moderates yeah. in their own right. It's almost like people kind of pick the non-extremes. Uh, one of the things that uh, I, I heard someone say or read someone say is the the Democrats made this whole thing about Trump. 
getting Trump out of office. We don't like Trump. Trump is an existential threat. And they didn't say anything about Republican leadership. These senators are supporting Trump. These senators, these Congress people are supporting Trump. They are complicit in, in what he's doing as well. And if they did that, then people probably would have been more likely to vote them out as well. But people are like, oh, yeah, we'll get rid of Trump and everything's going to be fine. That's basically what the Democrats were saying. I uh, saw their messaging. I huh, saw ads for uh, not McGrath. Was it Lynch who was running against Susan Collins in Maine? Uh, but I Gideon. 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 Uh, so I saw uh, ads that uh, Ms. Gideon was running, and yeah, they they talked about how look, Susan Collins is 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 Trump's uh, accomplice, and it won't be enough just to get rid of him. We have to get rid of her too. So like, I, the the argument was being made, either it, it got drowned out or else it wasn't persuasive, and I I don't know which, but yeah. um, I'll tell you. Uh, what happened with uh, the the Senate race in Maine with Susan Collins getting reelected, uh, and Lindsey Graham, uh, like with Lindsey Graham beating uh, uh, Jamie Harrison, who was you know a strong progressive candidate who had a lot of financial backing and who had a lot of enthusiasm and was doing really well in the polls. Um, I gotta say, uh, I I I remain personally. I, I, I remain skeptical about Joe Biden as uh, uh, an elected official. Uh, he does have a problem with making stuff up. Uh, I think he's lost a step uh, as he's getting older uh, and he's responsible for stuff like the crime bill and uh, civil asset forfeiture and so forth. Nevertheless, uh, it's pretty clear that uh, he was the best choice, I think. Uh, low bar. That's a very low bar. Right. Well, but I don't think a more progressive candidate would have won. Yeah. The and, demographic uh, was I think just it was right. Michael Harriet uh, from uh, uh, the root.com who observed that uh, in the end, um, uh, the, the, the black voters in Democratic primaries, uh, especially early on, were right to focus on Joe Biden, that, uh, you know, he was going to be the candidate who would be the most successful in winning over white American voters. Very uh, pragmatic. Yeah. And I, I really, really wish that they'd been wrong. I really thought they were. I really thought more people, you know, like I thought I, I was astonished that people were dumb enough to vote for Trump four years ago. But I figured like, OK, after all that's happened, you know, with kind of coming on a quarter of a million dead from this pandemic like there's 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 no way so many people will turn out for trump uh especially enthusiastically and people did i want to i think yeah sorry i was gonna say i was gonna remind you guys that when this sort of started and trump got elected four years ago i said that whoever follows him will have an easier job because he has so turned over the apple cart and i know you guys don't really agree with me but a lot of what he's done has really sort of um to the root, radically changed the government. And I think Joe Biden, if he wins, is going to have a much easier time of it than he would if he was elected, you know, without a Trump in, or in between that event. What do you mean by a much easier time? Because the people like Comey and some of the other folks that are a little intransigent and, and sort of had their own views about how the world should be, a lot of those folks are gone. And it's almost like he's starting with a fresh slate. There's a lot of people in the State Department. The foreign 
policy. I don't know if you've heard some Democrats refer to the foreign policy bureaucracy as the blob. A lot of those folks have left. And so you can really remake it from scratch. You can make it your own. I mean, if, if he's strong enough, if Biden's strong enough to do that. But that wrecking ball that Trump has been, I think, really opens an avenue for changing the way we do business, which I think a lot of people, for whatever reason, actually do want to change. You know, they want to have us not um, be subsidizing the energy companies to the degree we are and that we look to new new technologies. I mean, just sort of when you want to go through a transis- transition, sometimes you have a hatchet man come in in business, and then the person that follows them actually gets the stuff done. It was the hatchet man that really um, that really opened it up. So I'm just arguing that if, if Trump ends up losing, that Joe Biden will have a better presidency because Trump preceded him. Just an I, argument. I, I don't yeah. think that'll be true if the Republicans remain con- in control of the Senate. Oh, yeah. Biden doesn't have the power levers to, to do what he probably yeah. should be able to do. I think that I think the McConnell the, could stonewall and just not even approve anybody for his cabinet. Basically, yeah, he'd, he'd have he'd have to have acting like Trump does. Yeah. You have to have acting officials like for the entire time. But I, I wanna I do want to go back to one thing before we end. The the fact that the everybody chose Joe Biden, yes, this was a pragmatic thing, but I still I do think that if they had a more progressive candidate that could reach people, because he is a very uh charismatic and he has a very good story to connect with people. He's good at talking with people. If we had someone like that, that had better policies and a better legislative history and would actually be an, a more progressive candidate from jump instead of having to be pushed, I think that they would have done well too. I really do. Um, it wasn't Bernie or, or Warren. If we had someone like maybe younger or uh, that was better at connecting with people because Bernie and Warren were not good at connecting with a mass amount of people. Like an early so, Bill Clinton? You're thinking somebody like that that just really could Bill speak Clinton to Bill is more, is, is more centrist than than Biden. I meant so that no. charisma. But someone with Clinton's charisma. Yeah, charisma. Someone, someone with Biden's charisma. Someone with Biden's charisma and, and his ability. Biden's to, his, his What? No, okay, go on. I think Biden has charisma. I think he does. He he's able to connect with people. He's a he's like a nice guy. He's a match. He's a match. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. Like he's he's what he's well spoken. He's <laughs> I can if he's already had someone yeah. <laughs> that was like that. That was if we had someone that was like that. That was really on the ball and actually had like progressive policies then we could have then we could have done much better that's all i'm saying interesting well we probably know this saturday what's happened right we we're hoping this weekend maybe we'll oh he's gonna win (laughs) (laughs) who said that (laughs) i'd I'd be curious to hear more uh next time sue what you think about biden as a choice and whatnot but unfortunately we can't talk about that now because we're out of time oh good The constraints of live recording, live broadcast. <laughs> All right. So this is going to wrap up civil politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next, we've got subculture. 
followed by Table of Contents at 10, and then OK Asia at midnight. Uh, really great show. And uh, yeah, podcast of the show will be up on the various streaming services over the weekend. We have a rebroadcast next Monday at 4. And next week is indeed the VFR uh, 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 fundraiser uh, for the fall. Uh, if you're listening to the rebroadcast, please do pledge. Uh, if you're pledging during the during the pledge drive, $10 for each uh, unique donor, and I will match also uh, your donation dollar for dollar uh, in honor of my late mother. Thank you all for listening for now. That's it for Civil Politics. Aaron Valley Free Radio. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.